there, friends, and welcome to the One Year Chronological Bible Podcast. My name is Emily Mowry, and I will be your host for this daily reading of the Bible with the hopes of finishing in a single year. Whether this is your first time reading the Bible or you have made daily practice of it for many years, I pray that this podcast will strengthen your walk with Christ and be a blessing to you and those around you. What makes this podcast unique is that we read scripture in chronological order as opposed to the traditional Genesis to Revelation book by book reading. I've been making this my daily practice since the year 2007, and I cannot tell you how much it has blessed my walk with Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul says in his epistle to Timothy that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Likewise, the psalmist says, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We will be reading from the New Living Translation version of the One Year Chronological Bible. Today is January 24th and our reading comes from Job 19.1 through 21.34. I pray this reading is a blessing to you and without further ado, let's get started. Job's sixth speech, a response to Bildad. Job 19.1 through 29. Then Job spoke again. How long will you torture me? How long will you try to break me with your words? Ten times now you have meant to insult me. You should be ashamed of dealing with me so harshly. And even if I have sinned, that is my concern, not yours. You are trying to overcome me, use my humiliation as evidence of my sin. But it is God who has wronged me. I cannot defend myself, for I am like a city under siege. I cry out for help, but no one hears me. I protest, but there is no justice. God has blocked my way and plunged my path into darkness. He has stripped me of my honor and removed the crown from my head. He has demolished me on every side, and I am finished. He has destroyed my hope. His fury burns against me. He counts me as an enemy. His troops advance. They build up roads to attack me. They camp all around my tent. My relatives stay far away, and my friends have turned against me. My neighbors and my close friends are all gone. The members of my household have forgotten me. The servant girls consider me a stranger. I am like a foreigner to them. I call my servant, but he doesn't come. I even plead with him. My breath is repulsive to my wife. I am loathsome to my own family. Even young children despise me. When I stand to speak, they turn their backs on me. My close friends abhor me. Those I loved have turned against me. I have been reduced to skin and bones and have escaped death by the skin of my teeth. Have mercy on me, my friends. Have mercy, for the hand of God has struck me. Why must you persecute me as God does? Why aren't you satisfied with my anguish? Oh, that my words could be written. Oh, that they could be inscribed on a monument, carved with an iron chisel and filled with lead, engraved forever in the rock. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that he will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. How dare you go on persecuting me, saying it's his own fault. I warn you, you yourselves are in danger of punishment for your attitude. Then you will know that there is judgment. Zophar's second response to Job, Job 20, 1 through 29. Then Zophar the Namathite replied, I must reply because I am greatly disturbed. I have had to endure your insults, but now my spirit prompts me to reply. Don't you realize that ever since people were first placed on the earth, the triumph of the wicked has been short-lived and the joy of the godless has been only temporary? Though the godless man's pride reaches to the heavens and though his head touches the clouds, yet he will perish forever, thrown away like his own dung. 
Those who knew him will ask, where is he? He will fade away like a dream and not be found. He will vanish like a vision in the night. Neither his friends nor his family will ever see him again. His children will beg from the poor, for he must give back his ill-gotten wealth. He was just a young man, but his bones will lie in the dust. He enjoyed the taste of his wickedness, letting it melt under his tongue. He savored it, holding it long in his mouth. But suddenly the food he has eaten turns sour within him, a poisonous venom in his stomach. He will vomit the wealth he swallowed. God won't let him keep it down. He will suck the poison of snakes. The viper will kill him. He will never again enjoy abundant streams of olive oil or rivers of milk and honey. His labors will not be rewarded. His wealth will bring him no joy. For he oppressed the poor and left them destitute. He foreclosed on their homes. He was always greedy but never satisfied. Of all the things he dreamt about, nothing remains. Nothing is left after he finishes gorging himself. Therefore, his prosperity will not endure. In the midst of plenty, he will run into trouble, and disasters will destroy him. May God give him a belly full of trouble. May God rain down his anger upon him. He will try to escape, but God's arrow will pierce him. The arrow is pulled from his body, and the arrowhead glistens with blood. The terrors of death are upon him. His treasures will be lost in deepest darkness. A wildfire will devour his goods, consuming all he has left. The heavens will reveal his guilt, and the earth will give testimony against him. A flood will sweep his house away. God's anger will descend on him in torrents. This is the fate that awaits the wicked. It is the inheritance decreed by God. Job's seventh speech, a response to Zophar. Job 21, 1-34. Then Job spoke again. Listen closely to what I am saying. You can console me by listening to me. Bear with me and let me speak. After I have spoken, you may mock me. My complaint is with God, not with people. No wonder I am so impatient. Look at me and be stunned. Put your hand over your mouth in shock. When I think about what I am saying, I shudder. My body trembles. The truth is that the wicked live to a good old age. They grow old and wealthy. They live to see their children grow to maturity, and they enjoy their grandchildren. Their homes are safe from every fear, and God does not punish them. Their bulls never fail to breed. Their cows bear calves without miscarriage. Their children skip like lambs in a flock of sheep. They sing with tambourine and harp. They make merry to the sound of the flute. They spend their days in prosperity. Then they go down to the grave in peace. All this, even though they say to God, go away, we want no part of you and your ways. Who is the Almighty and why should we obey him? What good will it do to us if we pray? But their prosperity is not of their own doing, so I will have nothing to do with that kind of thinking. Yet the wicked get away with it this time and time again. They rarely have trouble, and God skips them when he disturbs sorrows in his anger. Are they driven before the wind like straw? Are they carried away by the storm? Not at all. Well, you say at least God will punish their children, but I say that God should punish the ones who sin, not their children. Let them feel their own penalty. Let their own eyes see their destruction. Let them drink deeply of the anger of the Almighty, for when they are dead, they will not care what happens to their family. But who can teach a lesson to God, the Supreme Judge? One person dies in prosperity and security, the very picture of good health. Another person dies in bitter poverty, never having tasted the good life. Both alike are buried in the same dust, both eaten by the same worms. 
Look, I know your thoughts. I know the schemes you plot against me. You will tell me of rich and wicked people who came to disaster because of their sins. But I tell you to ask those who have been around and they can tell you the truth. Evil people are spared in times of calamity and are allowed to escape. No one rebukes them openly. No one repays them for what they have done. When they are carried to the grave, an honor guard keeps watch at their tomb. A great funeral procession goes to the cemetery. Many pay their respects as the body is laid to rest and the earth gives sweet repose. How can you comfort me? All your explanations are wrong. That's the end of today's reading. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast and tell your friends about it. As we leave today, I pray blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen and amen. God bless you, dear friends. Thank you.